This is Brad Starks from the Roto Lounge. I just want to remind you, if you want that insider information, the strategy on how to be one step ahead of your competition, find us at patreon.com slash rotolounge. For as little as $2 a month, the same amount as you would get in a vending machine for a month, you can have access to my Patreon account, Discord channel, dropping videos almost every day, whether it's a whiskey sample, whether it's uh, buy lows, whether it's running prospects for the data model. So much information on the Patreon channel, and it's so simple to join. We're building something special there. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Lounge. You won't regret it. Drop in articles, anything you need to help you stay one step ahead of your competition. Join us. Meet us there. We are there. We are shining our fantasy trophies. Grind and shine, baby. That's what we do. All right, everybody, welcome to the lounge. Today I have a special guest, someone that joined me on the rotolounge.com website, writing Debbie. I owe this man a lot of respect, a lot of appreciation. Now he's doing his own thing. He's talking Debbie. He's here to talk 2021 prospects with us. The one, the only, Austin Nace. You can find him at Debbie Dietz. Welcome, my boy, Austin. Thanks for having me, man. This, uh, back to where it all started. You know, you were my first uh, first guy. To let me write. Let me rank. So I'm always extremely appreciative to to meet up with you and and talk some football. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. You know, I put a a thing out on Twitter. Anyone that wanted to write uh, for Roto Lounge, and I was getting no bites. And then you know, you you DM me and said, Hey, I'll do some writing for you. And I said, Hey, it's 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 all yours. Whatever you want to write about. And I find my I find myself uh, reading your articles as well. Um, interested and in just dropping your rankings and they're still up there if anyone's interested rotolounge.com uh they are kind of old because i've gotten so busy you've gotten so busy yeah. uh but it was fun while it lasted so tell the listeners now uh where they can find you yeah so all of my written work uh for the time being is over at dynasty nerds and then um you look like you're having so much fun doing the podcast and stuff figured i'd uh, i'd dip my toes in the water there too so i do uh debbie debate uh, we do like a live show on Wednesday nights, and then it turns into a pod. And I do that with uh, Matt Bruning, Felix Sharp. And then I have another show that I do twice a week, uh, the Campus 2 Canton Podcasts. Uh, and uh, one show is um, college-themed. The other one is NFL. Um, so, And I do that with my buddy Colin Decker. So those, that's kind of what I got, I got going on right now. Very cool. And I love them. I tune into both of those. But, you know, you and I have always been in lockstep, it seems like, with prospects and everything. And, you know, it. I found out the other day that I think you and I have some other stuff in common, and that's kind of my um, my inspiration for my drink tonight. Um, 
Have you ever had a uh, a dirty martini? I have, and I I like them if they're drier and yeah, very dirty. That's that's okay. generally how I go. So I heard that you like stuffed green olives. Yes, and, sir. And I, as a kid, hated green olives. And then as I got older and started drinking, now I love them. Cheers to you. Cheers. I'm doing dry January, so uh, I got water here this evening, unfortunately. Okay, that's it's fine. A, I, and, <laughs> hey, I'm doing dry January as well. This martini is really extra dry. Okay. <laughs> uh, love it. Love it. But I got the stuffed blue cheese olives because I know you love those. Cheers to you, my friend. Man, I am jealous. All right. Well, we're going to get into the 2021 prospects. Let me finish this olive wash it down. <laughs> You can catch us on YouTube. Anybody that wants to see me drinking and spilling my drink, Roto Lounge YouTube, you can find us there. All right. So the 2021 class, the face of this class is Trevor Lawrence, right? It's a quarterback heavy draft. We might see the most quarterbacks go in the first round in a long time. Uh, And I think it comes down to probably four quarterbacks. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I definitely have a, a cutoff after four. All right. So let the listeners know your order. I've heard Zach Wilson, number two. I've heard Justin Fields, number two. I've heard Trey Lance, number two. Uh, I've even seen some crazy stuff on Twitter that has Trevor Lawrence, number two. So tell me and tell the listeners what you think about this year's quarterback class and, and maybe which ones you're targeting. Yeah, so I, I I 100% agree with that. I I think I would be happy with any of those four guys. Um, Trevor Lawrence, number one. I I think that's pretty common. Like you said, every time, every once in a while, you see somebody that has him, you know, two or three or whatever. But he's just such an effortless passer. You know, like it's it, you don't. That's rare to see somebody who can just kind of flick the ball down the field like he does. So I I can't push anybody beyond him. You have him one as well. Yeah, I uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is just a unique talent. Um, he to me he just makes it look easy. Like you watch him on the field, and it, it almost seems like he gets bored out there. Um, I mean he only lost two games his whole college career, right? One to LSU and one to um, Ohio State, or did he lose more than two games? Those are the only two I can remember. Yeah, I think they were both playoff games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's just he's unbelievable. So he's he's my number one. Uh, and I have Fields number two. I think Fields is a special, special quarterback, but I know a lot of people don't have Fields that high. Tell me, tell me your four and tell me why you like one over the other. Yeah. So after Lawrence, I have Fields second as well. Um, because I think that out of all of those guys, his body of work after Lawrence is the most complete, you know, he, his blips are like a game. Whereas, you know, you have to throw out like Zach Wilson's entire second year in college. Like he was injured. he, He didn't play well. So I think if you just look at the totality of everything that the, those three guys have done, it, it's pretty hard to argue anybody but Fields there at number two. Um, after that, I actually have Trey Lance third, and I've had Trey Lance third. If you go look on the website on your website, we've had nice. we've we've had Lance at third <laughs> since March, and I don't think it's that I, I like I I don't think it's a take lock thing. I just watch him, and he has all of the tools you want, and he is. He's not uh, like he has all the tools, but he's also a very smart passer. You don't see him make a lot of really stupid decisions, which I think would be the thing that would worry me since he is a lower 
uh, level kind of competition player. He played in FCS. So that's why I think I just like him a little bit more than Zach Wilson, who I have number four. Um, but the thing I really like about Zach Wilson is that he, I think more than anybody else in this class, knows what his arm can do exactly and takes advantage of exactly what his arm can do. And I think that's a very important trait for a quarterback to have, so you're not trying to do too much. Um, so that's kind of the order that I have them in right now and the order that I'd be comfortable taking them in. And, and you know, a lot of people, Trey Lance has been, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But NFL front offices have had their eye on him for a while, and they're not going to they're not going to let that diminish their thought process on him. Uh, and I've heard things where he could even be the number two quarterback off the board, uh, depending on what team falls in love. You know, obviously these these NFL franchises are going to see these quarterbacks at the pro day. The NFL announced there are no private workouts. Um, so that's going to be unique this year. So these teams are going to do a lot of research on these quarterbacks. They're going to fall in love. Someone's going to make a move to get who they want. I mean, it could be Trey Lance at number two. Um, but again, I'm with you. I think Fields is the better prospect. To me, Fields looks like a bigger version of Russell Wilson, uh, and I would love to have that on my fantasy team. Um, so then number four, you have Wilson, huh? I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, just like it's he's very unfortunate that he's in a class with all the other guys because I think last year I, he'd be in the talk to go number one. And I think this year, like we all just dismiss it for the most part. Yeah, we'll drink to that. That's that's one one thing we agree on this tonight. So we'll drink to that. <laughs> this, this might be a dangerous game with how often we agree, we agree on Twitter. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's a double martini. So we'll see if I need more after that. Probably, but I won't bet on it. <laughs> All right. So I want to get into some prospects, some running backs, receivers. You know, we talk about the big name guys, um, and, and you can talk about some big name guys if you want. But what I really want to know. You have a lot of experience, you know, looking at college players. I want you to give the listeners two names that we need to have our eye on coming into the, the 2021 rookie draft season. Some guys that you like. Uh, give me, we'll start with two running backs and then we'll go two receivers. It can be a big name. It can be a, a deep stash. Um, I'm going to give you the floor and kind of let you tell me who the listeners should try to target uh, in their rookie drafts. Sure. So I, I didn't I tried to pick like not the top couple of guys, um, but I wanted to give one name that I believe is going to have, you know, draft capital and all that kind of good stuff. And then one name that maybe is a little more of a sleeper. Um, so my first one's Ramondre Stevenson. Um, I think people are starting to know who he is now. And if they don't, he's at the senior bowl this week. And I think we're going to know who he is by the end of this week, because I think he's the best back there. He is a big boy. He's six foot two forty seven. And that's not a typo or an exaggeration. Like if you watch him, he looks 247, which makes the way he moves like even more remarkable because he has the feet of like a 210, 215 guy. He's like that. Like I'm not going to comp him to Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis is my favorite player ever. I grew up a Steelers fan like during that time. He is my idol. But he has those those feet that a big guy just should not have. Mm -hmm. um, the bad thing about him, like – like I said, he's 247. Like he could lose 10 pounds and still be okay. So that is like the one thing that I want to see him work on. And the other thing is he was at Oklahoma the past couple years. They rotate like four backs at a time. So he's never had a season where he's had a ton of touches. He had like 60 carries two years ago and like 110 or something this year. Um, 
So, but I, that, I think that's just how Oklahoma does things. Like, I, I don't think it's a knock on his talent or his skill set or what he can do. Uh, so outside of like the top, you know, ETN Harris Williams, I think he has probably the most bell cow potential out of any guy in this class. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I, and I think by the time all is said and done after senior bowl this week, after some other stuff, I think we're going to be talking about him pretty consistently in the second round of rookie drafts. Um, I think, I think that's going to be his, his range. Um, and then the other guy that I picked out was Demetric Felton for tonight. Felton's another guy that's at the senior bowl this week. He was at UCLA the past several years. Cool thing about him that I think is going to help him get on the field early is that like at the senior bowl this week, he is taking snaps at wide receiver and running back. Very versatile, can do a lot of different stuff in the passing game. So I think um, that's going to get him on the field early. And he doesn't have terrible size. Like if you, you hear that and you're like, this guy's probably tiny, but he's 5'10", 200. So it's not awful. He could probably gain a few pounds and still be fine. Um, and I think he's going to be like a third or fourth round rookie pick. Like you don't have to spend a, a decent pick on this kid. So if you, you know, pushed all in last year and you only have like your third or your fourth left or whatever, this is a guy that I think you can snag and um, um, pick up, you know, a little bit of value off of him. All right. So we're going to circle both those names. You said they're both playing at the uh, the Hershey Senior Bowl this week. They both are at the Senior Bowl at the Hershey Senior Bowl. <laughs> yes, sir. That's like my third most like popular tweet of all time. I was like, of course, <laughs> everyone, everyone thinks this is hilarious. <laughs> hey, it's all the Senior Bowl. It doesn't matter who sponsors it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So Felton, you said you said that Stevenson might be your third ranked back in the class. He's number four for me. Yeah. Four? Um, okay. And I, I have a hard time seeing him jump any higher than that, um, just because lim- limited body of work. Um, but I, I, I just want to, if he can lose some weight, I think it would show me that he's committed to football and to being a pro because he looks chubby, like he does, like he, you can tell, like he has bad weight. So is he, is he an Eddie Lacy type? I hope not. We were joking about that. We talked about him on on uh, Debbie Debate the other night, and I I hope he's not like that. Um, but Eddie Lacy still had a couple of good years, so you know if you get a couple of years out of Ramondre, then you can't argue that much about it, I guess. Well, they said that Hershey did sponsor the Senior Bowl, and then he ate all the candy, so they had to change it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into wide receivers. I need two wide receivers that you like that the listeners need to focus on. So. Oh, man. So I've been all over Twitter recently arguing with people about this because I still have Rondale Moore as my wide receiver one in this year's class over Jamar Chase, over Devonta Smith, over Jalen Waddle. Maybe some people have um, more than any of those guys, because I think what he did as a freshman was more impressive than what Jamar Chase did as a sophomore. He had over 2000 scrimmage yards, um, 14 touchdowns total. Um, it absolutely tore Ohio state, a new one when they played them just looked like an absolute beast. Um, and then he, you know, he got hurt three and a quarter games into his sophomore year. So he missed a lot of that. Um, and then, uh, opted out for this year, opted back in, um, and then kind of tweaked his hammy trying to ramp back up quick for the season and missed, um, I think the first two or three games this year. Um, but I hear a lot of people saying, you know, Rondell Moore is injury prone. Rondell Moore is too small. He's like five, nine, five, 10, but he's one ninety. So he's built. I think he's built more than big enough to, to take the pounding in the NFL. And the other thing is like, I don't think he's injury prone. He, 
like he he got injured his sophomore year and it was like this brutal looking landing like he came down and i was like oh boy there goes rondale's knee like this is this is over for him but he's so strong that instead of the knee going like the rest of his leg was able to tense up and he just injured the hammy and no surgery required like so and then i think he just tried to ramp up too quick because he wasn't planning on playing this year anybody that's played a sport knows you know when you are practicing for you know not for games like that it's a whole different fitness level so i i I, that doesn't concern me that he missed a couple of games with the hammy this year. I think they just put the kid gloves on with him and said, we will put you out there when you're ready, uh, but not a moment before. So that's why out of all the guys, and I like, there's no alpha, like blatantly alpha wide receiver one type guy in this class, in my opinion. There's no Julio. There's no Sammy Watkins. Like there's nobody that's that level of a prospect. So I think at that point, it's kind of a who do I like the best out of all of these other guys? And for me, Rondell Moore is still the guy that I like the most. Yeah, that's that's fair. Now, let, let me veer off before we talk about Rondell. I've, and I haven't discussed this with you before, but I made a uh, tweet, and I don't know if it was a tweet or to the Patreons or whatever, but and I don't know how you feel about this 2020 prospect. Oh boy. But I said that Jerry Judy might be better than any wide receiver in this class. I don't know how you feel about Jerry Judy. I don't know how you feel about this class but tell me real quick like how would you compare judy in this class because right now everyone's like nobody's on judy because they think he he disappointed he had a lot of drops uh but he was my number three receiver in last year's class i don't know where he was for you um how do you think someone like him compares to this class he was he was my wide receiver one last year um i thought he still had a decent season everything considered i mean that offense wasn't particularly prolific um and i still think like out of because I, I i do have like final tape grades and all the bama wide receivers he still grades out top of those guys for me so yeah. i think at worst you know uh, comparatively speaking he would be i have jalen waddle third so at worst he would be my third wide receiver in this class um i've been trying to buy him everywhere already this offseason but people don't seem ready to give up on him yet which okay. i was really hoping they would be i don't know if you've been having any luck or been trying but well i I got him in a startup league, but I haven't made any tr- – well, I mean, because I have him in some leagues, but I haven't pursued him. But I've been trying to tell everyone if you can buy him, buy him low because once they get a quarterback, that buy low window is over with. Yeah. Um, but but I, with his skill set – and again, I know Jamar Chase is the, the the guy in this class, but to you, Rondell Moore is the guy. Um, I, I just think Judy's body of work um, is impressive enough to me that I think he could – he could outshine a lot of these rookies. Uh, now, now talking about Rondell Moore, are you a fan of Brian Edwards? Um, I don't hate Brian Edwards. Um, I expected him to do a little more this year than he did. Um, well, uh, re- oh, go ahead. The reason I ask is because he also broke out young, and you, you mentioned you like what Rondell Moore did young. So does that does you take that into consideration? Um, I wanted to see how you felt about Edwards compared to. Uh, more since they both broke out at a young age i liked edwards um he w- he was just kind of like steady eddie in college like he like i never really watched a ton of his plays he had like that one one-handed back shoulder catch or whatever right in, right in the end zone that like was crazy impressive but i never watched him and was like wow when i watched him rondell moore i watch him and i just think wow he's explosive he's strong he's fast i mean he's he's really everything that you kind of want he's just not 
six two or whatever you're looking for. And and how many? And I know David Bell is a big prospect coming in next season. How does um, David Bell and Rondell coexist? Have they played together? They did um, the first three games basically last year, and the first or in the last like three games this year. So I think like in total like six games they they've been together. Yeah. And how has they either one fared in those games? Do you know offhand? I don't know what their splits were exactly, but I know the first three games of last year, Rondale was on pace to do more than he did his freshman year. And he had 112 catches his freshman year for 1,200 yards. So he had like 30 catches through three games. So um, he was outperforming, um, I think, Bell in those games. So if you're in a if you're in a one-quarterback league and – you can whatever selection you want, right? Rondale Moore, where would you take him? Uh, so this is where, like, you know, you have your rankings, and then you also have the understanding of like the general value of players and what consensus right. is and what everybody else kind of likes too. Because of all the field position players, he has my highest tape grade. But I wouldn't take him one. Like I would either trade, like I would trade down or something. You know, I, I I'm well aware that I could probably trade down five or six spots and probably still get Rondell Moore because I think people are are sleeping on him pretty heavy at this point. Yeah, last year we were. I was telling everyone make sure you get Jefferson. We were getting Jefferson at one nine, one eleven. Uh, so so you you know you think you can probably get Rondell that late, especially if people are on Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle. The the thing about Moore is that I think people are starting to. Like I, I've seen mocks from like respected journalists that don't have him in the first round, so I think that's also feeding into it. But as soon as if, I, if he goes first round, I think the it's back on with him, and this, especially depending on landing spot, I think he's gonna like he. You see him down to like five or six on list now, and if that happens, I think he bumps right back up to like two or three for a lot of people. Um, so I'm not sure if you quite get him that late. But with all the well, you because in one quarterback, I think you'd have to go a little bit earlier than that. And super flex, a lot of these guys are going to get pushed like crazy this year because of of the the quarterback depth. Right. What do you think? What do you think Rondell Speed's going to clock at? Well, it's a pro day, so like four two five probably. <laughs> but <laughs> but well, like realistic, that's, that's money in the bank right there. That's a first round. That's first round selection if he pulls yeah. something like that under four three. Realistically, I think if he had gone to the combine and we had a normal year, I think he'd run sub four four. I don't think he'd run like I don't think he'd do sub four three. It, yeah. It's incredibly rare. We project like five guys every year, and like one person does it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I think people don't realize how difficult that is. So. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Rugs like a four two nine or four two seven or something? Yeah. And everyone yeah. thought he was gonna like smash the the record and whatever. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's incredible. Everyone wants the next Tyree Kill. Um, that package is very very hard to find, you know, and it's 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 not replic replic replicable. Right. Hold on. The, the martinis are talking. <laughs> All well, right. It, it's Let's, funny that it's funny that you say Tyree Kill because like I know. So he's a unicorn. I know this. Like I, I don't comp anybody to Tyree Kill. He's just, you know, uh, one of a kind. But I like a guy that I'm taking late in drafts this year is Dwayne Eskridge. And he has the same kind of game breaking ability that Tyreek has with a similar not similar, um, but like a, a very um like you have to know the context of his background to truly appreciate what he is as a prospect as well. Um, so he's another like he's going to be a late round target for me in like all my drafts this year. I wouldn't be surprised if I have like 90 percent ownership of Dwayne Eskridge by the time uh, the season rolls around. Tell me about him. Tell me about him a little bit. 
He is another smaller guy, and I swear, like, I don't have, like, a preference for shorter wide receivers. It just so happens that the two guys I picked tonight are both small. He's, like, 5'9", 190, very similar physical profile to Rondell Moore. Um, played at Western Michigan, so a Mac kid. Um, but the Mac has produced wide receivers. I mean, Antonio Brown was a Mac kid, so it's not like, you know, nobody ever comes from there. And he is just fast. He's really, really fast. Um, he, like, four games into the year, he was averaging, like, uh, 30 yards per catch or something man look at that poor <laughs> i was just trying to throw you off your game i was just trying to see if i if i could did throw you, you <laughs> did you put more fresh olives in it too or is that still a fresh the one? olive and another oh, gla- another poor man hey I... check me and debbie deets out on youtube now don't don't miss out all right go ahead sorry you know you're so but the thing with Eskridge that you have to understand context wise is that he played corner for a couple years there so because they were so decimated at DB and they have some other like their wide receivers weren't terrible for G5 standards. Um, so they tried they moved him there for like a year. Um, and he was like he was a running back in high school. So he has that skill set like, you know, so he's like like Tyreek Tyreek light. Like mm-hmm. you don't you don't even put him in the same category. But like that's the bucket. You know, if you want to put him in a bucket somewhere, that's like kind of the player he is. And he's at the senior bowl this week as well. So I think he's the kind of guy that he's going to go there with how athletic he is and just tear up those one v ones that everyone likes to, you know, watch over and over and over again. Um, I think we're going to start hearing his name a ton over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And it's not a, it's not bad to have that cornerback experience. I mean, that that teaches you how to, you know, track the football you know, Robbie Anderson was a defensive back coming out of high school, went to uh, to or uh, Temple, wanted to be a defensive back. I mean, I did a whole pod or a YouTube on it. Uh, he ran a four three nine at the combine, exceptionally fast, and he can track the football. So it's it definitely helps you out of the receiver. Um, now I normally do a um, a Senior Bowl recap. Maybe if you're free, maybe you'll jump on the podcast and we'll kind of go over and see how any of these three players fared. Um, I am hearing the weather is going to be pretty bad there. It's going to be raining all week. I don't know about for the game, but um, I think the weather's supposed to be pretty bad that week. Have you yeah. heard anything? That, I had not heard that, but that that's a bummer if that's true. I mean, I hope they still, you know, get the practices in and and everything. But. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole point of of Senior Bowl. I mean, I think it's the the Dolphins coaches and the Carolina coaches, right? Yeah, yeah. So Mac Jones is going. I think they're going to pair Mac Jones with the Panthers because I think he's a target of Carolina. Um, and I think they're going to put Smith on the Dolphins because they're trying to see if he might be a fit for Miami. What do you think if I told you that Devonta Smith went to Miami and Mac Jones with the Carolina? What would you say about those fantasy landing spots? Both really good spots. Um, I I would hope for Carolina's sake that they would have traded down at that point. Because Mac Jones at <laughs> Mac Jones at eight kind of hurts hurts my soul a little bit to to hear that, but um, I mean you know you got to get a quarterback. So if they think he's the guy, um, but I think he would do okay there. I mean uh, Joe Brady's a smart enough guy to to get the most out of uh, whatever offensive personnel they have, um, and obviously I think everyone wants to see Devonta back with Tua. So you know made some you know sweet music last year or whatever together. So I think. Um, those would both be fun landing spots. And I'm hoping, like, again, that Devonta, it's not Devonta 3. It's like Devonta 22 or whatever, because it's Devonta 3 is a, a little bit of a scary prospect, too. Yeah. Well, I think that, like you say, Joe Brady, I mean, 
he had Burrow, and if he if he brought in Mac Jones, I mean that they, they are kind of similar. I haven't really broke down Mac Jones's film. I mean, you could probably I know he's got a he's got a a good deep ball. Um, I'm not sure. I know Joe Burrow. One of the things I liked about Joe Burrow, he's he definitely knew how to take care of the football. Um, he had really good pocket awareness. Um, and again, I don't think Mac Jones is in that level of a prospect, but uh, I'm sure Joe Brady could could get something out of Mac Jones, even though we'd rather see someone like Trey Lance there or uh, Justin Fields there. Um, but we'll see what happens. Um, real quick, I know we weren't planning on talking any tight ends, but was there, there any tight ends that you wanted to talk about? Or I know everyone's loving Kyle Pitts. Um, maybe you can kind of give your two cents on what you think Kyle Pitts will do when he reaches the NFL. He's a great player. Um, he is my tight end one. Barely. Um, I, I really, really like him. I think the talks of him putting up like 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns or whatever as a rookie is like just totally, you know, flying the coop. Um, tight ends just don't do that as rookies. Like you can be the best tight end prospect ever. I think it's just that that's a really tall ask, especially with tight end being so uh, like offensive, uh, you know, dependent, like scheme mm-hmm. dependent. Um, some teams just don't use the tight end like that. Um, so at at value in this year's drafts, I will have a lot more Pat Fryermuth from Penn State than I will Kyle Pitts, I think. Yeah, and I and I was you know I haven't dug, dove into uh, Pitts, and I'm going to start my my prospect ranking here shortly after you and I uh, stop talking here. But I'm wondering if you know I was watching a little bit of Kyle Pitts, and I know that they they spread the the, the Florida spread their offense out a little bit, and I wonder if Kyle Pitts was a product of Kyle Trask limitations more than his dominance, right? Did the Florida know that Kyle Trask can only do so much, so they made Pitts the focal point of the offense? And when he gets to the NFL, there's no NFL team that's going to really make – I don't think they're going to make Kyle Pitts the focal point of the offense. I mean, New England did it with Aaron Hernandez and, and Gronkowski, but also they had Tom Brady. I mean, it was it was a different uh, setup, I think, than what – Kyle Pitts might just jump onto a team and they're going to completely have to change the offense for him. So I know everyone loves Kyle Pitts. Um, and I don't want to be, you know, the devil's advocate here and, and just shit on Kyle Pitts. Right. But, um, I don't know. I mean, to be this hyped, I mean, I, I was so excited for TJ Hawkinson and I mean, I think one Oh seven was like the highest that I would take him. Uh, and I think Hawkinson's better than Kyle Pitts. And, and I know that Kyle Pitts looks tremendous, but, to me, Hawkinson is just an all-around package, and um, you know, I we'll see. I got to break him down, so I don't want to make any decisions yet. But uh, tight end is a hard position to learn, um, and there's a reason why most players don't break out until they're like 24, 25. Even Kelsey didn't break out till he was 25. Um, Gronk is the one exception that broke out when he was 21 years old, um, and Pitts won't even be 21 till his second season in the NFL. So if, if, if he breaks out early, he's going to smash everything we've ever known about tight ends. Um, and then there's talk about him going to receiver, and that's a whole other conversation because we don't know how fast he is. We don't know how agile he is. Um, I mean, I think he's going against some you know, small cornerbacks that probably won't even make the NFL, right? I mean, I haven't looked at his competition, but I can't imagine he's going against, matched up against guys like Patrick Sertain Jr. and and cornerbacks that can really shut him down. So enough about my tight end rants. <laughs> Listen, um, 
I appreciate you coming on. We're going to talk about, I, I, I DM'd uh, Austin on Twitter because I have a data model and I ran some early projections through and it spit out some receivers that really blew my mind that uh, my model thinks are potential top 12 fantasy wide receivers. So I reached out to Austin. I said, tell me about these guys. Uh, so he kind of, you know, gave me the 411 about these guys, but we're going to talk about it. But this segment is only going to be for the Patreons. If you want to hear this segment with me and Austin, find me at patreon.com uh, slash Roto Lounge, and you're going to be able to hear this segment. But before we get there, Austin, I'm going to let you in this for everybody. I need a bold take for the 2021 class, whether it's a player, whether it's an outcome, whatever it may be. I want you to give me a bold take. But before you give me the bold take, remind everybody where they can find you. We'll hit that bold take and then we'll cut it and we'll go to the patron segment. Perfect. So you can find me on Twitter at Debbie Dietz. Uh, my written work is over at Dynasty Nerds. Um, and my podcasts, um, Debbie Debates or uh, Campus to Canton, are, are where you find pretty much everything I do. One bold take, and you led me into this perfectly with your tight end segment here at the end. But I think when all is said and done, Pat Fryermuth has a better career than Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm.